Hey, Warden Brown Brokers. Welcome to Breaking It Down with Warden Brown, the official podcast from the Warden Brown General Agency. I'm your host, Paul Roberts. Thank you for joining us. In this episode, we're talking even more about ERISA. This time, we're chatting about ERISA wrap documents. So let's jump in. Firstly, employers assume that paperwork provided by their insurance carrier is all they need to meet their legal responsibilities under ERISA, that is the Employee Retirement Income Security Act of 1974, and other related federal laws. So that's partly true, but it isn't the full story. Employers must create instruction manuals, if you will, for their health insurance plans. These instruction manuals, the plan documents, explain a bunch of things to participants, that is, employees and COBRA participants. The ERISA documents, or instruction manuals, include details of all the benefits offered by the plan. They explain eligibility rules for the plan. They talk about how often and how the employer funds the plan. They contain the employer's ACA-compliant measurement periods and the like. And these documents are all required by federal ERISA law, and they come in many different forms. These instruction manuals can be plan documents, which we talked about in our first episode. They can be SPDs, Summary Plan Description Documents, which we talked about in our second episode. They can be ERISA wraps, which we're talking about now, and more, which we'll continue to talk about over our next several podcast episodes. ERISA responsibility, by the way, is on the plan administrator, which is typically the employer. It's not a TPA, that is a third-party administrator, or a contract administrator that helps compile the ERISA documents. Often employers think that the TPA is a plan administrator. That's almost never the case. It's an employer law, and should any non-compliance concerns arise, the Department of Labor, the EBSA, etc., is going to contact the employer who is responsible for answering to all the concerns addressed by the EBSA or the DOL, and they must also pay for any of the penalties owed for non-compliance. Now, the focus of this podcast episode is the ERISA wrap document. Many employers often assume that their evidences of coverage, that's EOCs, which provide legal language around benefits offered by the plan that are created and distributed by the carriers are sufficient for ERISA requirements. And that's not necessarily true. The evidences of coverage, EOCs, provide a bulk of the information needed for the ERISA plan document requirements, but they don't contain everything that's required. We invite you to revisit our first and second episodes for a refresher on some of the content required in ERISA plan documents and SPDs. You learned in our previous podcast that employers are required to create a summary plan description and SPD for every benefit offered by the employer. And there are no exceptions to ERISA compliance, except for churches whose sole purpose of business is congregation and government entities. But employers commonly have many health plans. They have several medical plans. They probably have a few dental plans. They have a vision plan. They might have a flexible spending account. You get the idea. And yes, a ERISA SPD is required for every single one of these plans. But generally, the employer's eligibility rules for the plans are going to be the same for the medical plans, all the medical plans, the dental plans, the vision plans, etc. 
the funding frequency of the plans are going to be the same, etc. You get the idea. And because of this, ERISA law allows for employers to create one massive document that contains and maintains all of the SPD information required for all of the plans offered by the employer. This is called an ERISA wrap. Now, there are other notices that employers must distribute to employees as well. Other documents required by employers to distribute relate to the Women's Health Cancer Rights Act, HIPAA notices, Newborn and Mother's Health Protection Act notices, and more. And these are almost all requirements under ERISA law. And if you're wondering what these documents are, please don't fret. Stay tuned to Breaking It Down with Warden Brown podcast for future episodes covering these notices. We'll get into the details of these notices for you on our future podcast. These notices that employers must distribute to may all be included in the employer's ERISA wrap. So this way, when the employer distributes the ERISA wrap, it takes care of all of the employer notification requirements the employer must distribute, rather than, of course, having to maintain, distribute, and keep track of the many separate SPDs and employer notices that the employers are required to distribute. So think of ERISA SPDs as a bookends approach to tackling ERISA. Or since you're a Warden Brown broker and have likely seen one of our Warden Brown group health insurance quotes before, think of it kind of like our quote. Let me explain. An employer can have all of its documentation on separate tabs within the book, and that is the ERISA wrap, where all documentation is wrapped together and then therefore distributed all at once. Essentially, the employer should use the wrap to supply the terms that are not included in the insurer's documentation, which we talked about earlier in this episode and also highlighted in our second episode. Then incorporate the insurer's documentation, that is the evidence of coverage material, and then add all other essential written material, and boom, you've got yourself an ERISA wrap. Some sections you might see in ERISA wrap are as follows, and the sequence commonly goes like this. Firstly, you'll probably see an overview of the plans that are offered and all of the eligibility rules for those plans. That's generally on a first tab. On a second tab, you might see the cafeteria plan, details, and election rules. And the cafeteria plan, by the way, is rules for premium-only plans that allow employees to pay for benefits on a pre-tax basis. Employees, by the way, should have the ability to enroll or waive in the premium-only plan benefit. All of these details are included in the ERISA SPD in this section. You'll then see a tab for medical benefits, another section for dental benefits, a section for vision benefits, a tab for drug benefits, another section for health FSAs, a section for dependent care FSAs. You'll have a section that contains ERISA information and rights. You'll have a section that contains your COBRA policies and administration practices. And then you could wrap it all up with your other mandated notices, the Women's Health Cancer Right Act notice, the NMHPA, the Newborn Mothers Health Protection Act notice, HIPAA notices, Children's Health Insurance Program notices, etc. Once you have all this information, you have your different tabs and your different sections created, you add a cover to it, you add an end page to it, and boom, you have an ERISA wrap. The great thing about ERISA, with this requirement anyways, is that employers have the ability to decide how they desire to comply with the law. They can definitely create individual SPDs for every health benefit plan it offers, 
or it can create and maintain one single ERISA wrap to distribute to participants. This is generally the favored approach for employers because the administration and distribution of these documents is so much easier. As a reminder, and we talked about this in our second episode, ERISA documents must proactively be given to participants. That means employers must give them to their employees and COBRA participants, even if they don't ask for them or frankly don't even know that ERISA law exists. Participants must receive their ERISA SPDs or their WRAP documents within 90 days of being covered under an already existing health plan. They must also be distributed within 120 days for a newly sponsored plan at the employer level. So if the employer sponsors a plan for the first time, they have 120 days to create their ERISA information and distribute that in an SPD format or an ERISA wrap to all enrolled individuals. They must also be updated and redistributed once every five years if there are any significant changes to the plans or to their administration. And then even if there are no changes at all, like maybe on a vision plan, for example, the document must still be redistributed once every 10 years. Recommended best practices are for employers to collect attestations from employees saying that they've received the documents just in case they're ever needed in the event of an audit or a lawsuit. Now, there's definitely more to know about ERISA and material modifications, which we'll talk more about in our next episode. Thanks for learning with us today. We've got full ERISA support for you at Word and Brown and full support in compliance, sales, and administrations of all of your health plans. Let us know if we can help you. And thanks for breaking it down with Word and Brown. Thank you.